0: You are listening to Hydro Talks, a podcast from the global aluminium producer Hydro, setting out to explore the modern dilemmas for industry and society.
1: Welcome to this special episode of Hydro Talks, in which we bring you highlights of a program from the Nobel Peace Center in Oslo and Hydro, the aluminium and energy company. The program, part of the Real Business series, was Greenwashing or Real Green. The event gathered experts from climate organizations, certification entities, marketing professionals, and legislators to discuss what government, companies, and consumers can do to speed the green transition. Introducing the topic was Björn Hauglund, CEO of Shift Business Climate Leaders, a Norwegian organization aiming to accelerate the transition to a low carbon economy and support the Norwegian government in delivering on its national climate commitments by 2030. Haglans spoke with, among others, Doreen Fedrigo of Climate Action Network Europe, Lien Jakobsen-Hammer, sustainability manager with the classification and certification company DNV, and Hilda Kalavig, head of brand and marketing in Hydro, which co-sponsors the Real Business series. Here are some highlights from the program.
2: Greenwashing or real green? I think that's a very crucial question as the world is ahead of a big transformation to a safe and sustainable future. We will basically look at two perspectives. We will look at the role of, of business in order to produce and promote products in a way that give end user consumers good and real information about the sustainable performance of the product and services. And we will also look at this from the regulator side. So so how can regulators facilitate this transition and enable, create an, an environment that enable those businesses who are real sustainable to thrive and to develop in the transition. I will start with Doreen Fredrigo. She is the industrial transformation policy coordinator at the Climate Action Network, CAN. Linne Jakobsen-Hammer is sustainability manager of DNV. Welcome. Hilde Kalvik is vice president and head of global brand and marketing in Hydro. Welcome. What do you think businesses can do uh in order to you know uh get more grip on on this and in my opinion also build more trust to all all the stakeholders so Doreen what's your view on this
3: on the one hand if I'm looking at a lot of the business uh campaigns and and groupings that are developing around net zero or climate neutrality uh, there's a very interesting one which i won't mention specifically but it interestingly moves beyond the technological and it actually talks about engaging in making society climate neutral and so i think there are two things that uh, particularly companies can do one is engage very much progressively proactively and ambitiously with the opportunities that are coming, especially in the EU Sustainable Product Initiative. The EU, the European Commission has been trying for 20 years to work on on products and it hasn't succeeded yet. And this time we really need to make it and we need to make it strong. So please get engaged, please come and talk to organizations like CAN Europe. The second thing you can do is integrate into the DNA of the company. So not just the marketing, not just the messaging, but into the DNA of the company, all of that kind of environmental objectives, not just on climate, and that's maybe strange to hear that coming from somebody from, an envir- from a climate organization, but I come at this from the industrial transformation side, not the industrial decarbonization purely. Companies need to look at their products, how they're making them, their production processes and their business models how are they getting value out of their activities? Is it purely trying to sell more and more, or is it looking at alternative ways of getting that value out of a system?
2: Okay, thank you so much. And I would just love to pass that challenge on to to you, Hilda.
0: It's it's clear today that the biggest challenge for production and mass production, of course, is sustainability. We need to produce with with low emissions, and we need to produce for a circular economy. But of course, it goes beyond climate. Uh, You know, uh, if we talk about materials, every material has a history. And that of, of course, also include people, you know, the environment and, and the planet. So, so, so to understand that total life cycle part of of uh, of production is, is key. But um, I think the uh, the good news is that we do have a lot of the technology, uh, and knowledge that is needed today. What I think is is is, is the biggest challenge in accelerating. This, this shift is, uh, well, there are many things, but, but I'd like to highlight a few things. One is, is the demand for greener products, and also to know how to demand greener products. And then the second one is a, is a mind, uh, mindset uh, in production and in consumption. And I think if we, if we manage to, to solve those two problems, I think we can come along Way, so 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 those are, are, are the two points that that uh, I think uh, requires, of course, close collaboration, and this is where greenwashing comes in as a as a real uh, real problem. And I, I will give one example of of a big issue that we have uh, in the that I believe is representative for for, for materials, because materials I think roughly uh, one quarter of the energy. Um, used in the world is used in producing materials. So you can see that there's a huge upside. You know, if we if we cut the energy or if we transform the energy into renewable sources, uh, we can cut a lot of emissions. But uh, the problem is that it's difficult to know what is a good material from a sustainability point of view. And one example is this. Aluminium is very energy intensive in the making. So it actually matters where and how aluminium is produced. And of course, it requires, you know, not everybody can be uh, an engineer and, and, and knows this. So, so uh, uh, thankfully, you know, in Europe now, uh, manufacturers of uh, cars and electronics, you know, what have you, they are actually now starting to demand greener products. And recycled content is, is become a little bit the holy grail, <laughs> uh, which is great. The problem is... The fun fact of the day is that recycled <coughs> is not always good for the environment. And let me give you an example. Uh, some European aluminium producers, they do want, of course, to, to please their customers. And they, they, uh, it's, it's difficult to get enough uh, uh, post-consume. So, so uh, aluminium that has been in use, like cans, for example, or an old bicycle. So what uh, uh, some people do, or some companies do, is they import uh, aluminium from China, uh, from the production sites, it's scrap, it's never been in use, and it's been produced by coal power. Imported into Europe, remelt it, recycle it, it's true, it is recycled, uh, and uh, and sell it as 100% recycled aluminium. The problem with this is this actually increases the CO2 uh, uh, emissions in Europe, um, Not dramatically, but it actually increases this. So as a manufacturer, you can buy uh, recycled aluminium. You can think it's good, but it actually contributes to increase uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, And and this is a problem uh, we need to solve.
2: And uh, and Lynn, uh, this must be something DNV is also looking into, I guess. Uh, Because you are making standards, and those standards should enable uh businesses to to improve their performance and if recycle is not always good uh how how can we work with that
4: A good question. (laughs) Uh, And you're totally right. Uh, We don't only make standards or uh, initiate the best practice in an industry, but we are a classification and a certification company as well. Uh, And a lot of industries come to us because it is not necessarily a standard for how to do things in their business, so we can assist them in that. Uh, But there is also quite a lot of international standards, and the EU Green Deal is coming with a lot of packages and standards. The regulators are are really speeding up the requirements to the companies. So I think how can a company work um, good with this is to actually understand what is hitting them. Uh, And as the uh, sustainable development goals, the purpose of the goals is for everybody to contribute and for us to contribute even more than just keeping us sustainable tomorrow, we need to understand how we can help. And then we need to look at other sources for information, both on what are actually happening where in the countries where materials are produced, uh, because this will become the company's responsibility. The company will have a total responsibility of the entire value chain when it comes to all the reporting that is being requ- required. So it's important that a company understand how everything they do affects the environment, uh, how everything they do affects the social uh, area and then take this into account when they create their strategy. And I encourage companies to actually do this because it's not only a, a tiresome or a cumbersome process, but it can bring good, um, good strategic uh, purposes. It can build culture in a company, and you can actually understand how risks can turn into opportunities. So I think there's a great opportunity in this landscape. Uh, And I'm really happy to see that the regulators are coming with more and more standards so that we get a common way to work. Uh, And also on the reporting side, because on the reporting side, that will give requirements to the strategic side and how to implement this in the companies. What I
2: hear is that you agree with Doreen that businesses need to engage more. Yes. But I'm not sure if you are precisely answering, Hilda the need to decide, you know, recycle is recycling always good or is it like Hilde said you know areas where you know we we need to look at a broader picture to to basically understand the total in this case emission yes
4: uh, I think that's uh, a company's responsibility to actually go beyond to actually go back to the ones who produced and ask where, how did you actually produce this yeah. what kind of energy source did you use when you produced it so not take it for for granted that the is is actually recycled but ask the right questions yeah. uh, and not stop at that be yeah. persuasive uh, get the information you need because you are at the end responsible for it so that means that you need to take that approach and really go into the deep
2: from my view, also working with the, the topic of greenwashing, uh, I think it is, is is so important for the business side to really take responsibility themselves, because this is all about trust. And I think trust is all about, you know, how you, you, you build your competitive advantages. <coughs> so I think it's a, it's a big upside here. Doreen, then I will also hear more about your um, reflections on how regulators can, you know, enable uh, a better environment for businesses to accelerate the transition, please.
3: I think what particularly strikes me is that, although companies are individually trying themselves to, uh, you know, green their products or, you know, improve their production processes and, and sometimes fixing these public objectives of, let's say, 100% recycled whatever material, um, The reality is, I think, a lot are still struggling um, in in a vacuum because we don't have structure. We don't have something that is saying uh, explicitly. And here I come back again to EU legislation. This is where sustainable policy or products should be heading. These are the kinds of things that we need to take into consideration. And that also includes holding to sometimes or multiple opposing issues you know do we do we balance more towards climate do we balance more towards the types of materials that we're using because some are more easily recyclable than others that it's that's not easy to do not only just in a kind of regulatory or public policy vacuum but also in a societal vacuum i think the more structured an approach a company can take. So, as we've heard, looking across, uh, you know, the whole range of environmental impacts a company can make, the more structured an approach that gets taken, that gets taken into a company strategy and business case, and then publicly communicated, realizing that you then stray quite quickly or quite easily into the greenwashing.
2: Thank you, and and I think what Aureen said, Hilde, is, Play well with, with your thoughts, but I, because I guess that some of your competitors uh, selling recycled products, uh, maybe with a higher uh, carbon uh, ident- uh, in intensity than, than yourself, yeah. might get some benefit in the marketplace. so. Uh,
0: Yeah, for sure. And and of course, I have to say, you know, of course, Hydro, we're a company. We are represented in the whole value chain. Aluminium starts with mining. And of course, uh, every material, as I said, has a history. And there's a lot of things to discuss about, you know, mining in the in the rainforest, too. So I'm not going to say that uh, that we are better, uh, better than the rest in in, in every aspect. But where I do believe that uh, uh, my company and other companies as well, um, that that i would say are leading the way the dna aspect is that uh, uh, that we 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 do feel a responsibility for, uh, for extracting and mining and producing in a responsible way. And this is really embedded in our organization, uh, which I think is, is important. But I have to say, back to what, uh, 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 what Doreen is saying, is that we also have, of course, we need to earn money. And we are in a competitive landscape here and now. You know, it's about, you know, uh, next quarter next year and 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 as responsible for marketing i hear this every day I, am I'm, I'm faced every day with customers who say, Oh, your competitors are offering me 100% recycled, or they are offering me, uh, um, this carbon footprint that is half of what you're offering. Why can't we also calculate in this way? And then we say, no, we can't calculate in this way because we are calculating the whole value chain, you know, from mining, transportation, production, refining into the end product. But the reality is that we, we, in some markets, are actually losing business because of this. Mm-hmm. And, and then what to do? And of course, I'm very proud to say that I do believe that we are doing the right thing. We, we are not. And we're spending a lot of time educating our salespeople to, to say that. But you should turn this to your advantage. You should say to your customers, but from us, we, you're, getting the, you're getting the full picture. And in the long run, this will help you. But but of course, and we we are a large organization, 35,000 people, I'm sure that we are doing greenwashing as well. I'm sure there are customer meetings where our salespeople as well are, are tempted, you know, to say, but yeah, you know, uh, we will give you this and it's it's 100% or whatever. But 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 so I would say that my, um, you know, uh, challenge to the regulator is that we need to make sure that this isn't too slow because it's here and now, you Mm. know, this is where the competition is today. Uh, So we can make a change.
2: And and you are welcoming uh, somehow more fair regulatory framework, which enable everybody kind of to compete on the same uh, same premises.
1: You have been listening to the Real Business series on greenwashing or real green, sponsored by the Nobel Peace Center in Oslo and Hedro. Thanks for tuning in to the Hydro Talks podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to Hydro Talks. Make sure to subscribe. If you have any feedback or comments, get in touch at podcast at Hydro.com.